Turn with me this morning to the Song of Solomon, first chapter. I was going to report to you too. We left here the other night at night, and Miss Betty's always concerned. She said, I don't see good at night. It's all this in her head, though. <laughs> I, I was going to report to you with the Lord's help and hers. We got home without an incident at all. Everything went quite well. Amen. Uh, sometime back it snowed and we caught us at Tomball. Uh, I guess we were down there at church. And the time I got back to nearly the hospital, the snow had covered the road and it was getting worse as we come home. She was sitting on pins and needles all the way home. And I said, I've had a lot of experience driving in this kind of stuff. And she said, well, you never did drive in snow much, but I said, I drew, grew up on a mud road. And <laughs> it's worse than snow, so just hold on, we'll get there, which we did. <clears throat> I'd like to read a few verses here to start with this morning, beginning in verse 1. He said the song of songs is Solomon's. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. Because of the Savior of thy good ointment, of thy good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore do the virgins love thee. And have to be careful in the Song of Solomon. You don't know who's speaking and who's listening. Because it's always back and forth. But I concluded it through the whole song that it's pretty well equal that both of them feel the same way about the other one. And love is strong. And it's all because the Lord first loved us that this love is shed abroad even in this song he said draw me that's what the people of the Lord always want is for the Lord to draw them closer and closer to them hey brother oh, oh we're out of I guess we're, guess we are on. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a green light to go. <clears throat> he said, "Draw me, and I will run after thee." The king hath brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice. In thee, we will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. I am black but comely. O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon, look upon me because I am black, because the sun hath looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards by mine own vineyard. 
I have not kept. I think he's talking here about the church. And it's still got some blackness in it and some darkness in it. And most of the time there's always some bail up over it. Because it's always learning. But I think it's a caution to it also that we take more diligent care to be clean, to be holy, to get rid of of all the corruption that is in it. And that generally speaking in the church today, it is absolutely, totally corrupt. Uh, all of us coming here this morning probably passed several churches. They call them churches. But <clears throat> I differ in most cases that it wouldn't be called a church. It wouldn't qualify to be a church because it's more of a social thing than it is a spiritual house. I want also to notice while we look at this that it is always kind of looking back at a spiritual house also. That this this back and forth of love one for the other is all spiritual. It it doesn't have any, any earthly connotation at all. It's all removed and it's totally spiritual. <clears throat> and he talks about his house is not kept. We haven't been diligent in trying to keep the house. There's so much just foolishness. Uh, Paul called it lasciviousness in the churches today. It's just have a good time. But I'll give you a good example of that. Uh, people around me say, well, I don't go to such and such a church. They don't have anything for the children. What they're saying is they don't have any play going on. Church never was made to entertain. It is always made to judge. That's the reason we read the Scripture. How else do we know what is right and what is wrong? What should be and what shouldn't be? But by the teaching of the church. The church is the teacher of the gospel. In verse 7 he said, Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where is it do you feed? And where makest thy flock to rest at noon? For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? I want to know, where is it? Where is it that we meet with the Lord? And I go back to the temple once again, and that's where the Lord chose to meet with His people. In the temple above the mercy seat to where He chose to because He loved mercy rather than sacrifice. So he meets with his people at a place of mercy. They uh, 
the flock that is that always want to find rest. Rest in the Lord. That's where true rest is. But it must be taught. Where is it that you teach these things? And I go back once again, the teaching is in the church. The church was to do the teaching as a whole. It's not just a one-man thing either, just a pastor. The church needs to be doing the teaching. They need to listen. They need to pay attention. They need to be behind their pastor. They're subject unto Him by the Word of God. So it's important that they listen and learn, but take it with you as you go and teach as you go. And the best teaching is in living. In the doing is the best teaching. So he said in verse 8, Then if thou know not, O thou fairest among women, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock, and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tent. When I thought about this for a while, when I first come to it, I don't know what that means. But then when I think on it, it's kind of similar to uh, go outside of the camp. Don't teach in amongst the heathen. But go outside the camp, not not in the tents, but outside the tents, and teach them at that. In the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter, <clears throat> I guess in verse 6, he said that the voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? Some more of teaching. All flesh is grass. And all the God goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth because of spirit, because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And this is a basis from which we teach. Speaking of the church, it must be from that word of God. In verse 9, he said, O Zion, that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. Let's kind of get out from the tents. Go outside the camp. I thought about that also. That man defiled everything he ever set foot on. Everything he ever touched, he defiled it. It brought to memory the, the sacrifices, the burning of the sacrifices. The Lord is so careful about everything being clean. He told him to take the ashes and go outside of the camp and put the ashes in a clean place. Do you think the Lord would be so careful as to not want the ashes even to be contemptible 
so we'd find a clean place to put them. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up and be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. That's the main thing we need to teach this morning. Behold your God. Everything in this book is God. This is the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And this is it. So that's what we must teach. <clears throat> Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and His arm shall rule for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him, and His work before Him. He shall feed His flock outside of the tents, not in the crowd, but He's going to call them out. He's going to call them to a certain place, to the temple. This is where we go to worship. Keep in mind, though, the temple in our day is you and I. We're the temple. And the Lord, that's where He has chosen to reign, is in the temple, which is His people. He shall feed His flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. So we go back to that deal about the children. We got to carry them off away from the teaching of the gospel. Put them in another room and say we... we We've got to keep these quiet. When the Lord told Moses, He said, Call a solemn assembly and bring them all. He, he named all of them, the big and the great and the sick and the little, and bring them in. And that's what we need to do today. If we've got some children, they don't need entertaining. They'll entertain themselves. They need preaching too. So we need to be diligent to not separate our children out from the teaching of the gospel. Those that are with young, bring them also. In the book of Ezekiel, the 34th chapter then, <clears throat> I think verse 17. And said, And as for you, O my flock, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I judge between cattle and cattle, between the rams and the he goats. It may, be, may seem strange <laughs> to you, but it, it, people that know the cows and know the goats would understand these verses. I judge between cattle and cattle, between the rams and the he goats, and seemeth it a small thing unto you that ye have eaten up the good pasture. 
That's the way you do. But you must tread down with your feet the residue of your pasture. Just stomp it all down and not eat it. Run over it. I've been there a lot of times to open the gate and turn the cow in on the cover crop. She's not going to stop at the gate and start eating. She's going to run over the whole thing. That's just the way they do. That's the way the people do. They're very similar to that. I'm going to judge between cattle and cattle. Talking about people. And to have drunk up the deep waters. Can't just stop at the edge of it and drink the water. I got to plow off in it and stir it all up. For the others when they come. But you must foul the residue of your feet with your feet. And as for my flock, they that eat that which you have trodden with your feet, and they drink that which you have fouled with your feet. Therefore thus saith the Lord God <clears throat> unto them that have trodden it all down and dirted up the water, behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat cattle and between the lean cattle, because ye have thrust inside and with shoulder and pushed all the uh, diseased with your horns till ye have scattered them abroad. And that's the way the people have done. Run into one another. You know, go out there and put a little feed out to old cow. Horse do the same thing. He'll run, kick, and jump, and knock others around. Old cow can't help it. They just hit one another. Knock them away from it. And that's the kind of way the old whole church, I think, is done in the land today. It's knocked off the weaker ones. They thought that the Lord is going to turn it the other way. You've scattered them abroad. Therefore, <laughs> with the Lord there's always a therefore. Will I save my flock? And they shall no more be prey. And I will judge between cattle and cattle. They're all going to look alike when we start the judgment. And I will set up the shepherd over them. And he shall feed them. Even my servant David, he shall feed them. And he shall be their shepherd. Going to take care of the flock. Going to lead them and guide them and direct them in the way they need to go. Keep one from knocking the other one off. Going to judge between the cattle and the cattle. Judge the same. Always. Now the Lord will be their God. <clears throat> and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I will make with them a covenant of peace. And will cause the evil beast to cease out of the land. And they shall dwell in safety in the wilderness and sheep in the woods and I will make them the places round about my hill a blessing and I will cause the shower to come down in a season 
and there shall be showers of blessings. He's going to rain it down. A gentle rain, by the way, not, not a harsh rain that washes things away, but a gentle rain, kind of similar to what it was in the garden before the first lightning bolt struck. It was peace and calm, and the garden was watered with the dew in the mornings and in the evenings. No, no great turmoil, no great lightning thunder, no great wind, but just a gentle breeze that covered the garden. In the book of Psalms, song again, kind of pages want to stick together. Had this one too long, but I hate to get rid of it because it's war in certain places. <laughs> Back in Psalms, the Song of Solomon, again, first, first chapter. <clears throat> in verse 8, <clears throat> I think he's talking about the church. And if thou know not, O thou fairest among women, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tents. Then verse 9, he said, I have compared thee, O my love, to a company of horses in Pharaoh's chariots. In other words, it's a very best and they're groomed they're groomed to perfection shod they're for the show and in verse 10 he said thy cheeks are comely with rows of jewels thy neck with chains of gold we will make the borders of gold with studs of silver He said, While the king sitteth at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. A bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. He shall lie at night between, betwixt my breast. O my beloved is unto me as a cluster of camphor in the vineyards of Engadid. Go back up thinking about the raiment, the cheeks are comely, the rows of jewels, thy neck with chains of gold. And I want to go back to Ezekiel again, the 16th chapter.
and in verse 6. We come here not very long ago. It said, And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. He said, I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field, and thou hast increased and waxen great, and thou art come to excellent ornaments. Thy breasts are fashioned, thy hair is grown, whereas thou was naked and bare. That's the way you were when I found you. Now I placed, I, I passed by thee and looked upon thee. Behold, our time was a time of love. And I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swear unto thee, and entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. That's what we see in the song, in Solomon's song. I am his, and he is mine. We're one, we're made one, we're in unity with one another. He said, Then washed I thee with water. Yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. And I clothed thee also with broidered work, and shod thee with badger skin. We see that first back in the beginning. And I girded thee about with fine linen, and I covered thee with silk. And I decked thee also with ornaments, and I put bracelets upon thy hands, and a chain on thy neck. Now put a jewel on thy forehead, and earrings in thy ears, and beautiful crown upon thy head. Thus dost thou deck with gold and silver, and thy raiment was as fine linen, and silk, and broidered work. Thou did eat the fine flour, and honey, and oil, and thou wast exceeding. Beautiful, and thou didst prosper in thy kingdom. And thy renown went forth among the heathen for thy beauty, for it was perfect through my covenant. Wasn't anything to do with yours, but mine which I had put upon thee, clothed, clothed with that, clothed with the righteous garment. That's what it's talking about all here. It, it looks back again to the priest before they go in to the temple. They had to wash and make clean, take off their old garments and put on new garments before they could go in before the Lord to worship. It was a matter of cleanliness. And this holiness is a cleanliness of the church, but the jewels of it, it's decked in fine array. It's a beauty. It is a beauty of the Lord, His church. 
in the book of Psalms, the 45th chapter. I guess verse 7, Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with all of gladness above thy fellows. All our garments smell of myrrh and aloe and cassa. Out of thy ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. King's daughters were among thy honorable women. Upon thy right hand did stand the queen of gold, of Ophir. Hearken, O daughter, and consider, and incline thine ear, and forget also thine own people in thy father's house. Need to get rid of all of it and don't hold on to that. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty. All your focus and your love must be placed upon him. Lay all these other things down, and the daughter of Tyre shall be with a gift, shall be there with a gift. Even a rich among the people shall entreat thy favor. The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter in to the king's palace where he was going to reign with his people sitting upon the mercy seat between the cherubim with all power and glory and honor. Back to the song again. <clears throat> First chapter and verse 17 said, The beams of our house are cedar and our rafters of fir. And then chapter 2 and verse 4, He said, He brought me to the banqueting house, and His banner over me was love. Stay me with flagons and comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love, love sick. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me, and I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up nor awake my love till ye please. I wondered at this the first time I ever read it. I finally come to the conclusion that you don't want to get ahead 
of Lord. You want to wait until the due time has come. Don't wake him too early. But wait until due time has come. He does everything in his own time. We need to learn to be patient and wait for that. In verse 9, well, I think I skipped verse 8. It said, The voice of my beloved, behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. And my beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. When I thought on these things also, I see a couple of references here like the rafters, the cedar rafters and the beams and the banqueting house and all those things. And I think once again back to the old temple when the dedication of the foundation of the temple was and the laying of the foundation was complete. Both times they had a great feast and service of worship to the Lord. And it said that the crying of the people for joy was so great that they couldn't hear the musical instruments to decipher one from another. Such great noise of joy. That's what happens in the Lord's house. When the banqueting has come and the banner is over us with love, there's rejoicing in the house. When the dedication of the temple was made, first temple, the house was filled with glory of the Lord, so much so that the priest couldn't even enter to hold the service. That's what the banquet in the house looks like. It's filled with the glory of the Lord. And we're pleased in our day to see that more so than they were in their day. Everything that happened in the old days was a type and a shadow all looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was all a picture, if you will, of Him. When they were building the temple, He gave them all the dimensions, gave them all the things that they were to build it out of, and the instruction of how to build it. And at the end of all that, he said, See that you make it according to the pattern that I've given unto you. So we today have a pattern set forth in the Scripture. 
by the Lord Himself that we would walk in the ways that would be exactly according to the pattern of